When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. And we've got an interesting question today. Um, I guess we can just go right with the question, but there's something I uh, I, I want to ask you first, maybe. Okay, lay it on me. Um, now, you had mentioned earlier in uh, in, in an earlier podcast about the uh, the Harley-Davidson engines, right? The engine sounds. You had, you had said that your father or your uncles or cousins or somebody Uh, uh, could distinguish between American-made bikes and Japanese-made bikes. Yes, yeah, that they can can hear the Harley and and they can identify the Harley. Uh, They could usually identify bikes almost the same way that people can identify bird calls. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, well, we've got somebody who, uh, a listener who confirms that. Oh, cool. um, In that, uh, you know, it's... uh, from a longtime listener, El Bouche. El Bouche returns. Yeah, that's right. And uh, he had written to say that uh, he was listening to the Harley Sound podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, just wanted to add that you know if you've been around them a long time, I'm going to kind of paraphrase this. This okay. is from Facebook. Okay. Um, so he said that if you've been around these for a long, long time, uh, you're able to tell the sound not only of a distinctive, you know, like between Harley Davidson and a Japanese bike or another type of bike, mm-hmm. uh, British bike or whatever. Like a Triumph. But you're able to distinguish the sound between the generations of Harley engine. Ah, and he okay. has accomplished it doing just that. So he mentions, um, for example, uh, he notes the uh, the mechanical sound of a, of a knuckle. If you've, if you've, you know, he says if you're lucky enough to know somebody who has one mm-hmm. or have ever had one yourself. Um, or the whir or whine of a pan. If you listen closely to the movie Easy Rider, you'll, you can hear that one. Uh, so man, he's paying attention to this stuff, isn't this he? This is great. Detailed. Um, and has always been, um, the, the saying has always been, uh, nothing sounds like a shovel head, uh, which is his favorite engine, of course, he mentions here in this, uh, mm-hmm. this note. Um, and says that, you know, most people, when they hear a Harley engine sound, they're, what they're thinking of in their head is probably, um, the shovel head sound. Uh, it's very distinctive and very pure to him, is what he mm-hmm. says. Um, and then there's like a real tinny sound of an Evo. Um, and if you get into the iron heads, there's a piercing sound that sounds like it's pointed at your eardrum um, and the flat heads and so on and so on. So he says that, you know, based on the head design and after the flywheel design, it's a, it's kind of like a group thing. Um, each one has its own starting procedure, its own sound, everything about it. He says you really have to know know your bike, get to know your bike well. Um, and one kind of funny thing he adds here is that at the end, he says, uh, you have to become one with your bike nice, or else. And then he, uh, and I'll paraphrase this for sure, uh, he puts it in a little more colorful language than mm-hmm. I'd like to use here. Yeah. Uh, he says that you have to get to, you have to become one with your bike or else uh, they'll do something to your rear end. Huh. Uh, uh, but I won't, uh, I won't uh, say what he says, but um Keep the rubber side down, El Bouche. So um, he's got his ears on is what he says out mm-hmm. there, and he's always listening. But uh, he, he just wanted to make a note that 
you know, very distinctive sounds within the Harley brand itself. So knuckle um, pan shovelhead. Yeah, knuckle pan shovelhead um, Evos. Yeah. I mean, he mentions all different types types of bikes here, but um, yeah, you can you can distinctly tell the difference between all of those. He always writes such uh, good mail. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'd also like to. Um, check out some other listener mails maybe later on in this podcast because uh as you know we didn't ever get to all of them oh yeah since since 2008 <laughs> we've yet to get to all oh of the i think mail. you're i think you're right i mean we're we're continually answering it online we're and, making a uh, list we're checking it twice facebook i try to get on facebook yeah. and answer as many questions as i can sure. here and there we and try to interact with people on twitter but um before we get straight to that mail i have a question for you scott what's that why don't they use normal air in race car tires? Part one of the question. And second, uh, well, second, should we copy race car tire rules in our consumer cars? Hmm. I think maybe we'll get to the, uh, to get to the root of that as we go through this, uh, mm-hmm. this podcast. But, um, and what you're talking about here when you say normal air mm-hmm. in, in race car tires or in, in car tires, as we'll find out, um, we're talking about nitrogen. And I think a lot of our listeners will probably, you know, perk up when they hear that because mm-hmm. they may, if they've, if they've been to a, a tire shop recently, um, particularly, oddly enough, Costco, uh, will offer this as a free service. So they'll offer nitrogen inflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, um, new tire places will offer nitrogen inflation as part of a, uh, a deal. You know, yeah, you it's can, like a premium service. Yeah, it's an upgrade. It's yeah. an upgrade, and uh, you pay a little bit more for it in some places. But Costco, again, that's a it's a free service on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's something that you know people when they first hear it, they may think, well, I, I would guess the initial reaction would be, why? Why would you do that? Right. And then they may say, well, what's that going to cost me? And then they'll be back to, now wait a minute, what did you say it would do for me? Because <laughs> um, there's there's a short list of things that the, that they claim. Nitrogen will do for a, a tire owner, right? Anybody who owns tires, I guess. If you own it on a, on a motorcycle, on a car, whatever. Sure. Um, there's a short list, right? And yeah, there's a short list, and you are probably familiar with these tires, even if you didn't know it, because you'll notice they have a green uh, valve stem cap. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so look around the next time you're walking by a parking lot and see who's got the green valve. Uh, one thing that nitrogen has is a more consistent rate of expansion and contraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, mostly because uh, there's, there's far less water vapor in them, right? I mean, there's, right. there's less oxygen involved. Um, yeah, okay, man, I think we're going forward maybe just a bit too fast. Yeah, we have to go into the difference between air and nitrogen. Yeah, right? air and finger quotes, right? Because it's it's just atmospheric air, like what we're breathing right now. This normal compressor, uh, you know, any normal compressor that you go to is going to have air in it. Right. Um, but you have to go to a, a specialty tire store to get nitrogen. So what's in air, Ben? So here's the thing. Uh, air has more moisture in it, but um, the compressed air that you're using, when it's dry, it's about 1%, you know, other gases, 21% oxygen. And are you ready? Mm-hmm. I know you already know this. I do. 78% nitrogen. Yeah. So we're already talking about something that has... Uh, seventy, nearly eighty percent nitrogen already to begin with. Uh, right, seventy-eight percent. That's air. And I want to tell you that when you're filling up your tires with nitrogen, you're only guaranteed to get about ninety-three to ninety-five percent nitrogen in those tires. That's e- that's with a full service. I'd say yeah. uh, that's a complete thing that we'll talk about in a minute. But mm-hmm. um, so you're really talking about like a fifteen to seventeen percent increase under the best circumstances of of. An increased, uh, I guess, concentration of nitrogen in your tires. You're still going to have uh, trace amounts of of oxygen, and uh, I, I think less water vapor than even the one percent. I would guess. And then there's yeah. other other gases like, you know, like neon and helium and mm-hmm. krypton and xenon and all, all these the other fun ones. Yeah, exactly, all the fun <laughs> ones. That's right. I mean, they compose less than one percent. So, um, yeah, under the best circumstances, you're getting ninety three to ninety five percent nitrogen in your tires at these at these stations. And so this also, uh, the advantages this gives you, as uh, you said, Scott, it eliminates moisture, okay. cuts it down to a great degree, mm-hmm. and it also, because there's a more consistent rate of expansion and contraction, um, it reduces the weight at which the compressed gas diffuses through the tire walls. Mm-hmm. So the um, 
this means, at least in theory, according to an excellent article by the guys at Straight Dope, mm-hmm. uh, this means that a tire filled with nitrogen will have that optimal tire pressure longer, which, again, theoretically, uh, would mean that you'll have more uniform tire wear and maybe even better gas mileage. Okay, All that's, right. so that's-, that's where they get... A little bit, I think, extravagant. I understand. So these claims that you'll hear when, when you say, like, why would I, you know, that would be your first question. Why would I want to use nitrogen in my tires instead of just air? Um, a lot of times they'll point immediately to fuel economy. It saves you on fuel. Yeah. Um, that's if your tires remain inflated at the exact same rate that they are when they leave the shop. Because they're supposed to be at, like, a, a certain PSI, whether it's 35, mm-hmm. 45, you know, 44, whatever it happens sure. to be. Very specific, right? And they'll be like, I know that it uh, costs $5 more per tire, but the savings over the long term. Yeah, right? the long term savings. That's <laughs> it, right? And tire wear, I can understand that. If it, if it, the tire's not overinflated or deflating at, you know, at variable rates, depending on the temperature, because temperature plays into this as well. Huge role. Um, you know, as, as we get colder, you'll find that tires require more air to be added into them because of the, uh, the air contracts, expands, mm-hmm. or whatever happens. To, the, it, listen, there's a, there's a lot. <laughs> I'm getting kind of wrapped up in this. I, I'm okay. sorry. I'm getting way off topic, but. No worries. Um, there's the other claims that they say are, are it'll slow down leaks. You mentioned these uh, the way it diffuses through the the walls of the tire. I think that's diffusing. That's yeah, it's it's uh, more. You're right. It's uh, it diffuses at a slower rate okay. because uh, the nitrogen molecules are larger than the oxygen molecules. Okay, I, I actually kind of buy this one. Now, the the reason is because uh, when you look at Microscopically, if you look at your tire, it's made up of these strands, as I've been told, that look like uh, almost like spaghetti. Yeah. And the spaghetti is bound together. It's not like one solid piece that that nothing is going to permeate either way, either direction, in or out. Um, very tiny, tiny amounts of oxygen escape from your tires all the time. Uh, there's just nothing you can do about that. If you parked a car and left it for 20 years, you're going to come back to flat tires for, if nothing else, because air has just simply, I, I guess gone through the wall of the tire at some point, you know, over yes. the 20 years, and, it, and it's gone flat. You know, you may be able to pump it up and work fine. Who knows? Um, there's also dry rot, and that's another thing. Um, dry rot prevention is something that uh, a lot of people promote with this. The tires last longer mm-hmm. um, because there's no um, there's no water vapor inside. And they say that the, the wheels themselves, the rims, won't rust and deteriorate, leaving, you know, like little... Um, areas in the in the bead that would allow air to to escape as well. Right, and in the past that could be more of a could have been more of a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's fair to point out now that wheel wheel rust is not the great scourge that it used to be. No, inside that we're talking inside the tire where you can't see. Right. And uh, and outside. I mean, you can see it happening outside, but but, but think about like high performance cars have alloy wheels that don't just don't rust. Yeah. And then True. Uh, and coatings. There's coatings that, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're involved now uh, with manufacturing, and they, they know to watch for these types of things. I'm sure that in the past it was a lot worse. Now, I do want to point out that um, there is a lot of air that comes out of um, most compressors. Now, if you go to a gas station, as one, one of these uh, authors here points out, it was a popular mechanic. Um, oh, yeah, article. yeah, I read that one, too. And... Um, he points out the the author points out that he's dismounted tires in the past that have had this is hard to believe that have had several quarts of water inside, possibly from compressed air hose that collected water was never purged properly. And if you want to, uh, to you know kind of see this for yourself, see how, how it's possible. Yeah, pull up to a gas station that has you can just do one that has free air. You don't have to go to one that you have to pay for to do this, but. You know, push the button to activate the compressor, and then use your thumb or fingernail to press the uh, press the, uh, the valve, valve yeah. that allows the air to flow, you know, freely out of that out of that compressor. And chances are, your finger is going to get wet from the air that's in the line or in the compressor mm-hmm. itself. It's true. Um, all of that would be blasting into your tire. He's correct in that you know it, it gathers up over time, and that water vapor, you know, that that builds up and it and, mm-hmm. it, and it adds weight. It adds. Um, I don't know instability. I guess to the uh, to the tire, it's 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 really a problem in there. So, nitrogen being such a dry, um, I, I guess, gas, um, yeah. it's it's much much better in that situation. Well, yeah, that okay. There is some scientific merit to that argument. I think what I would question about that argument would be the degree to which that damage occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, if we're talking over time, Scott, then yes, it will create 
wheel rot over time. Um, and tires are consumables on a car, so sure. you're not supposed to have them the whole time. I'm not. I'm not trying to be an anti-nitrogen person. I understand. Uh, especially given that the regular air we're already using is already 78% nitrogen, <laughs> yeah, almost exactly. 80. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to uh, hard to deny that. However, um, ox- oxygen does attack the uh, substance of a tire over time, so uh, reducing the oxygen by increasing the amount of nitrogen, which is an inert substance, uh, will reduce that that problem for so, tires. Okay, so we're talking about long-term use. Like, if you're going to have tires on a car for a long time, we're almost talking, and I, I'm, I'm going to say yeah. this, we're almost talking like museum cars or sto- cars that you put in storage. It's um, a long time, guys. It, it is. Like- it, it, you would most likely go through the uh, through the tread of the, of the tire before this would ever become an issue, really, on most tires. On, like, a daily driver, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, we're t- and again, we're talking about still years of use. Um, so I, I hate to be so down on it. I really don't. I don't mean to be, but because there's a lot of applications where this does work. Oh yeah, I've got some good ones. What are they? Uh, well, one thing that nitrogen is just um, let's keep it family friendly. One thing nitrogen really kicks butt at mm-hmm. Scott is uh, not catching on fire or supporting combustion. So that's why you might see. That's one of the reasons why you see nitrogen in race car tires. It's also why you see nitrogen. In tires on aircraft mm-hmm. and space shuttles, mm-hmm. uh, places where fire is bad. Also, I want to add in for the uh, for yeah. the uh, racing tires. Uh-huh. Now, IndyCar, Formula Formula One, NASCAR, all those guys use this. Um, part of that is that they don't have to um, continually. I mean, continually check air tire pressure on race yeah. day. And I know they do that anyways. They check them all the time. They really do. They're very very um, uh, conscientious about about how much air pressure is in each tire. Um, at mm-hmm. what time and before it goes on the vehicle and, you know, what comes off the vehicle, how much is left. You know, they're, they're really watching the tires all the time. But um, this gives them one less thing to really have to worry about. I mean, it's a very small adjustment if it has to be made. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's used in critical tire applications, like you mentioned, racing, aircraft, mm-hmm. heavy-duty commercial equipment. You know, if you're going to be um, running a, a strip mine somewhere or any kind of mining equipment <laughs> that has, you know, those enormous tires that are they're 12 feet tall, yeah, um, you're not going to want to have to monitor those every hour or every two hours to see how the temperature is affecting uh, the tire pressure. Because if you blow one of those out and you're in the uh, in the middle of the, the quarry, yeah, you're in the middle of the quarry or the jungle in South America, a new tire could be a week away, two That's weeks a away, very, or, very good or, point. or a month away, because so like, they have to build these things just for that vehicle. It's so like Arctic research vehicles or something. Correct. Yeah, this this is. A great point for us to make because I think both of us are saying that we're not anti-nitrogen tires. No. It's a good thing and it depends upon the application. Um, however, these, th- this method is being sold, uh, to people, um, perhaps with uh, is it fair to say exaggerated claims? Yeah. And you, you know, you kind of hit the, the uh, nail on the head here when you said we're not we're not anti-nitrogen in tires that by any means. However, there are limits to this. And right. uh, and I have maybe, I think I have a lower limit than you have on this because when I mentioned uh, my, my limit, I think I saw your eyebrows raise. What's um, your limit? My limit would be $1. Yes. If they're going to charge a dollar more for this in tires... <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy a tire gauge and I'm going to watch my tires carefully. That's that's the way to really ah, monitor your go. tires and, and make sure that everything's working correctly. Now, nitrogen, I know, works for people that, you know, maybe don't pay as much attention to their automobile and and want to go somewhat maintenance free on their tires. Yeah, don't want don't want the hassle of needing to. Check your tire pressure, which, uh, according to most manufacturers, you should be doing every time that you hop in your car, which I know no one does that. Yeah, but sure, no. I mean, I, I mean, according to, uh, well, you know what, I want to get, I'll get into the uh, the amount of people that likely don't even look at their tires in just a moment, because okay. there's, there's a place I want to point some of our listeners to, but I, I do say that, you know, even a dollar, even if it's, even if they say, we're going to fill these up and it's going to be a dollar additional for nitrogen inflation, I'd say... Let's skip that. Really? That's I, just surprising. I, I know. And I know it sounds super cheap, but I just don't feel like it's something that's necessary because even after you get the uh, the nitrogen inflation, mm-hmm. um, if you want to fill it again, if you need to adjust some way, 
you're going to have to find a nitrogen inflation station in order to adjust these things. Now, I know that you can add standard air from any compressor to mm-hmm. a nitrogen inflated tire and it it operate just fine. But wouldn't that sort of defeat the purpose? You're you're diluting the concentration of nitrogen that's in the tire. And uh, there are the proper ways to do it. And I saw that, um, I'm going to look at my notes here, because I saw that there's a way that uh, that they do this. Oh, that, you're talking about bleeding the tire. Yeah, bleeding the tire. And there's there's this, like, purge cycle that they have to do yeah. in order to properly do this. It's not, so if you go somewhere and, and they want to f- fill your tires, it's not just a matter of, um, you know, kind of deflating them, you know, with a fingernail or whatever and letting right. it go down flat and then, and then filling it back up with nitrogen. There's this whole purge cycle thing that has to happen for it to be done properly. Right. They have to fill it and then bleed it and then fill it again. And each time they go through this cycle, they're diluting the amount of oxygen within the tire. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're concentrating the purity of the nitrogen is maybe a better way to say it. I, yeah, maybe I mean, you're right. But I also want to point out that when they do that, Ben, um, mm-hmm. there's there's one thing that people need to watch out for. Some places will use a vacuum, and at all costs, avoid any place that uses a vacuum to do this because you don't want to deflate a tire where they they actually suck the air out of the tire mm-hmm. and it becomes deformed and and kind of mal shaped. I guess it's yeah. These deflated tires look horrible in the in the image <laughs> that I saw. They um, look like uh, it looks. You know how uh, if you have a hat that has had something lay on it for too long. Yeah. Or it, somebody stepped on the hat. Right, right. It has that, that it's a similar look. It's, I a, think. it's really bad. And, and the problem is that, you know, that's actually subjecting the tire to like a situation almost like if you were to, to encounter some really bad road hazards, you know, like if you right. were to, uh, to, to bend a tire in a, in a way that it shouldn't be bent. Um, these vacuums at all costs avoid them. There, there are safer, better ways to do this. And, you know, the, the professionals know what they're doing, but if you go to a smaller shop, they may try to sell you this uh, this vacuum treatment where they vacuum out all the old air and pump in the new air. Ask them ahead of time if they're going to do that because that's definitely something you don't want to do. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I think we're also both saying that if you... If you don't want to check your tire pressure, uh, Scott, I think you have a statistic for that too, right? Oh, yeah, I do. And I have one more last thing oh, yeah, that I yeah, want yeah, to mention at the very end. But, um, yeah, the statistic comes from a place called uh, the Get Nitrogen Institute. So you can imagine what their uh, what their angle is here on this. Are it's they a little biased? GNI. Now, it's uh, if you want to go to this place, you can, you can go online and, and look this up. It's called getnitrogen.org. And um, what it does is allows you to find a nitrogen dealer near you, and there's thousands of these things all over the United States sure, and, and yeah. everywhere now, all over the world, really. Um, there's a, <laughs> they make a lot of claims on the site. Now we mentioned increased fuel economy, increased tire life, um, improved handling and traction. Now that comes with now again all these increased fuel economy, all that stuff. That's just watching your tire pressure. If you watch your tire pressure with normal air in it, you get the same thing, right? right? Same thing with fuel economy. Improved handling and traction, same thing. Watch your watch your tire pressure, you're going to get the same thing. Uh, better for the environment? I I don't know. I guess that comes with the uh, fuel economy. Um, I, I don't really know. I guess, yeah, maybe. Okay, so in, you're increasing your mileage. Um, longer wheel life? Maybe we talked about that. That yeah. you know the wheels are made better now. I mean, the, you know they're watching for corrosion, things like that. That's true. Uh, tires probably are less permeable than they were in the past. I bet they're tighter. They don't lose air as fast as they used to. It's all true. Um, there's also a savings calculator here, and this is what this gets me. I don't know how this works, Ben. Okay. Um, now the the information that you you input would be uh, the miles driven per year. All right. Okay. Then the uh, the average or the tire cost for replacement. So whatever your tires cost on your vehicle. Okay, so you enter that okay, number. Okay. Um, average fuel price that you'll be paying, just a rough estimate of what you think you'll be paying. Okay. And uh, the miles per gallon for your car, and what you normally get. From and then this. from that information, you know, you press calculate, mm-hmm. and it'll tell you your savings. And there's a, a national savings calculator, and a uh, you know dealers added you know today or whatever you know the the deal in nitrogen um it's just a i i don't quite know where all of this information is coming from like how they how this calculator actually works but according to gni and this is the stat that i was talking about according to them that this get nitrogen institute 85 percent of americans don't check their tire pressure regularly now do you believe that get emotional with me radhi devlukia in my new podcast a really good cry We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Uh, I have another statistic that I will tell you in just a moment. But first, I think uh, it's time that we talk about something completely different. What do you think? Well, it's not completely different, I guess. It's still about cars. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, good enough, because I found a, a really cool movie. It's an old movie, and, uh, and I'll, I'll get to the reason why this is cool at the very end. Now, it may not sound initially like something you'd want to watch. Um, oh, boy, I shouldn't sell it like that. Well, no, hey, man, I've you've warned me uh, this way before about different films, and you converted me despite my skepticism, yep. so I'm going to hear you out. Okay. What's on Netflix this week? Hot Cars, and it's from uh, from 1956. Again, it's called Hot Cars. Um, it's a story of a used car dealer uh, whose name is Nick Dunn, um, who needs to get, <laughs> this is kind of cheesy, but he needs to raise money really quickly for an operation for his son. Okay, so he needs quick money, needs it fast. What's he going to do? Um, he reluctantly gets involved with the stolen car ring. Now, this is a mob-run stolen car rings, and, of course, being a local used car dealer, you can imagine what's going to happen here, right? Yeah. Uh, so a local detective gets involved in this, gets a little snoopy about what's going on at the dealership, at the, uh, at the lot there, mm-hmm. um, kind of finds out what's going on. At the last minute, you know, when this investigation is kind of nearing its end, he turns up dead. The uh, the detective. Invest- the detective turns okay. up dead. So so this owner, this Nick Dunn fella, um, he ends up on the run from the law. He's accused of murder, and it's, it all leads up. And I'm not giving anything away. It all leads up to this big final duel on a roller coaster. <laughs> uh, I know I know it sounds funny, okay, but but right. so he's on this roller coaster in this kind of big final duel with the stolen car ringleader, the mob boss guy, uh-huh. and uh, it's very dramatic. However. I think what our listeners are going to take from this, what they're going to really appreciate in this, is that, if you, you recall, I said Nick Dunn is a used car dealer, and this yeah. is in 1956. Oh, and the cars yep. involved in this movie, the, the the vehicles that you're going to see, I mean, a 1955 Pontiac Chief Train Wagon, a 1950 Studebaker, um, there's a 1954 Olds 98, uh, there's 54 and 56 Caddies there. Um, there's even an old MG, MGTD from 1950, a 56 Jeez. Chevy Bel Air. I mean, the the lot is loaded with cars of that era, of course. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of anything and everything. I think listeners are going to really like just kind of watching the background in this whole movie because it's it's got so many so many classic cars now um, that you just don't see on the road ever. Now they are indeed hot cars. D- indeed, yes. And uh, not hot as in stolen, at least. <laughs> All right, man, I'll tell you what. You uh, you really did prove me wrong. I love being proven wrong, um, especially when it's about something good. You proved me wrong with Fast Lady. So, so I'm going to stick with you for hot cars. Got it. The, uh, the storyline may be a little cheesy in that, you know, someone needs money for an operation. That's why I'm doing this. But you named several uh Beautiful cars from mm-hmm. that era. So, if you would uh, like to uh, get on the same page with me and check out Scott's movie recommendation for the week, then check it out on Netflix Instant, where you can find this film and thousands more. Oh, uh, and if you are not a member of Netflix, no worries. You can get a free 30-day trial by going to netflix.com slash carstuff. Tell them Scott and Ben sent you and... We're not saying you have to watch Hot Cars. Might be a good choice. We're we're saying it might be a good choice. Um, and with that being said, Scott, I wanted to um, I wanted to put some space between our dueling statistics because I have one 
So, you, so I said 85%, according to Get Nitrogen, uh, Get Nitrogen says that uh, 85% of Americans do not check their tire pressure regularly. Okay, this is a little bit different because um, the NHTSA, National Highway Transport Safety Association, uh, says that less than 60% of U.S. motorists actually check and adjust their tire pressure regularly. I actually think I believe that number even more. I, I believe that number, just I guess the way it's framed seems a little bit more realistic, but whenever somebody says 85%, that's a heck of a high number. That is a pretty high number. 85% of people? Yeah, I don't know, because I, I, maybe it's the people that I hang out with. I think I think a lot of people that I know are kind of conscientious of, of their automobile, you know, oil changes at the right time, mm-hmm. um, you know, making sure that... Uh, you know they've they've got new wiper blades on all the time and mm-hmm. making sure the headlights work and all that. I, I think people that that I hang around with they're just kind of like that. So, so maybe it's I normal skewed, for us. I have a skewed view, maybe, um, in saying that you know I think I think more people are checking their their tire pressure more often. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I think too. It, all right. So to bring it all back around before we get to your last thing there, Scott, um, I believe that. The argument here, um, unfortunately, most of the stuff that I've read about nitrogen and daily drivers yeah. has come with a um, a resounding meh response from the reviewers. A lot of people say that for the price or depending on the price, uh, they don't think it would be worth it for a daily driver. And to me, in Personally, for me, I'd rather just te- check my tire pressure. Mm-hmm. But if you are someone who, um, if you're off-roading a lot in places where it'd be difficult to get a tire and you somehow don't bring replacement tires, then maybe uh, you would want to, To even then, I think people should just get a spare tire. But if, if for some reason you're against it, then sure, by all means, nitrogen um, will work for you if you are just dead set against checking your tires. If you have some sort of abiding personal issue with it, then nitrogen is for you. Fair enough. And I want to double-check one thing here. What's that? Now, we read these numbers, and I want to read them to make sure they're not saying similar things. Or that we're... Because if it's now, like a glass... It, yeah, it thing. is. Because now, according to GNI again, yeah. 85% of Americans do not check their tire pressure regularly. So they're saying 85% of the people don't check their tire pressures regularly. Now, what, you, what was your number? 60%? Less than 60%. Do check their tire pressure regularly. Okay. I'm going to need to figure this one out later. So it sounds like there's a Venn diagram <laughs> there, right? It does, yeah. It's like who checks and who doesn't check. And Still, the number is I, depressingly high. It really is. I think, I think um, you know, in general, most people probably don't check their tires as regularly as they should. And uh, but but I think my group of people that I hang around with, I think that that we that we do mm-hmm. um, different different group, different uh, different interests, I suppose. Here's here's an idea. It's never too early to plan a gift for people. I just want to throw this in there, Scott, because it's it's an excellent thing that I do to try to get um, this kind of maintenance work off of my back for someone else's car. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're doing a Christmas thing or a Hanukkah thing or any any situation really where you can give them a gift, uh, give them a card that says you know Happy Birthday, Happy Columbus Day, whatever doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, attach a tire gauge to this card in the envelope, and then you know write something nice if you want. But all you have to really write down is the recommended PSI of their tires. I've done this like four times. Really. And I've never gotten in trouble for it. And does it say, there's no say, like, check your damn tires? The, <laughs> it, one time it said something close to that with a roommate <laughs> of mine, but, uh, most. It depends mo- on the audience, I guess, right? Yeah, most yeah. times it's okay. stuff like, dear, you know, aunt so and so, blah, 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 just keep this in your car. And, uh, it's just, just thinking of your safety. It's a nice way, I think, to help people. And it's or also a stocking stuff. You could say, uh, as my gift to you, I'm going to have your, uh, the, the normal, plain old, ordinary, everyday air replaced with, uh, fancy nitrogen. Yeah, only the best for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you could just, even if you wanted to, just put green caps on it and not worry about it. Oh my, no, man. That's, <laughs> that's a little, di- okay, that's dishonest. I know you shouldn't do that, but, but, you know, do, when you're in traffic, look around for the green caps on people's tires and, I swear to you, I can I can probably find five cars on my way home today. And there's a lot of traffic on my mm-hmm, way home, so mm-hmm. it gives me a lot of opportunities. But um, I bet I could find five cars on my way home today that have 
green caps on the on the wheels on the uh, valve stems that indicate that there's nitrogen in those tires. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a lot of people that just happen to buy their tires at Costco, or if it's people that are really performance oriented or just you know or or you know want l- less maintenance, I guess, uh, for something like this. Now I, I want to point out one last thing here that yeah. I found really interesting. Now we talked about cost on this stuff, and I I, I said I probably wouldn't go over a dollar. Right, on it. which I'm, you know that's, cheap. that is extremely cheap. But if, what I'm saying, I, what I really mean by that is, if it's not free, I'm probably not going to do it. I just don't think it's worth the upgrade. Okay. okay. So it's it's an upgrade for sure. I'm not really willing to pay for it because of you know what I know about it now. Are okay? we about to talk about how now, much people might charge? Tip, well, typically, the cost is, I mean, just ballpark. Okay. About five or six dollars a tire is is a typical cost for what it will cost to have you know all the regular air uh, purged out of your wheels and and you know this nitrogen added. Now I read an article in uh, uh, from Edmund Edmunds dot com. Oh yeah, I've got this one. Oh, too. do you? Okay, yeah. This is interesting because um, it came from someone in a Dodge Challenger owners owners forum, mm-hmm. and the owner of this Dodge Challenger, someone who was about to be an owner of a Dodge Challenger, uh, was looking at the car on the lot. And kind of you know checked out the uh, the window sticker, right where they have all the uh, list of the options, uh, all the bells and whistles that are included yeah. on the yeah. car. And so what do they find, Ben? Uh, they find that there is a nitrogen upgrade item that is on this uh, that is an add on on this car on this Dodge Challenger, which uh-huh. is a performance car, of course. You yeah, know, admittedly, a, it, it, very much so. Um, so this is this dealer upgrade, this nitrogen upgrade. How much were they charging? Do you do you have the number? Yes. How much was it? Well, it wasn't $70. No, no, it was much more than that. Uh, oh, wait. Well, the one, um, let's see, it was a $69 item on the supplemental window sticker, but a uh, another forum member said the dealer was charging $179. $179 for a nitrogen upgrade. It's the same thing. I know. So they get this car on the lot from you know the, the factory, wherever it comes from, you know, where they build these things. And uh, the dealer purges the oxygen, puts in nitrogen, and that is somehow worth $179 to the new owner of that Dodge Challenger. Well, you know, if I were buying a car at that lot and I saw that, this is where the information becomes your friend. Mm -hmm. If you see that, then you immediately have, um, what's it called, carte blanche to question every other single price on there. I think you do. And you can... um, I think it would be worth it to open a negotiation and say, okay, well, you know, if I bought this car without those tires <laughs> and took it to the mechanic, you know, two blocks mm-hmm. down the way, uh, then I would pay, what, $24 for yeah. that, right? If it's yeah. six bucks a tire, which oh, is yeah. still a little too much. I uh, saw it quoted at like $10 a tire and then even as high as $30 per tire at a mechanics, but that dealer one took the cake that, by far. That is the uh, that is the largest number that I've seen so far for a nitrogen upgrade. Don't pay for it, guys. Uh, that, not, not that much. That is way too much. Even the $69 charge, I mean, that was... It, so that, that range runs from 69 to 179 on these dealer upgrades. I, I just... Uh, I would be very careful about stuff like that on a window sticker of a performance car if you were, if you were in the market, if you're shopping for one mm-hmm. right now. And uh, now, do you want to bring back an oldie but a goodie segment? It's been a while since we did it, Scott. What's that? Listener mail. Let's do it. All right. So uh, we've got a couple of uh, emails here that, man, some some unread emails from our Nuts and Bolts Part 9 episode that we did. I've still got a stack of these things on my desk, um, you know, that we just didn't get to because, remember, we read... Letter after letter. After <laughs> yeah, letter. we we got to a part now, where did, didn't we make that a two part episode? Too? <laughs> yeah, we eventually did. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of skip to the end of this one because uh, there's there's an interesting note here at the end that I want to get the answer to uh, from you. From me? Yeah, this is unexpected. So um, All right. I'll see what you say. Okay. Uh, this comes from Cameron, and Cameron actually wrote in about hybrids, and uh, I guess we're. We were talking about hybrids for a while, um, and he basically, I guess, I think he ended up agreeing with me on hybrids in that um, he mentioned that he was at a class where he was chatting with a professor from someone from Texas University about hybrids and fuel cells and future power generation for cars and things like that. Um, and the, the professor ended the, the, uh, the talk with uh, with the student with Cameron uh, by saying, "Maybe I'll maybe I'll see you again sometime down the road, and hopefully you'll be driving one of those new fuel cells or hybrids." 
and Cameron said, "Not a chance. I'm sticking. I'm sticking to it uh, to my internal combustion engine. Um, they're just too much fun to play with." So, mm. got the idea that you know, right now, not a chance. Maybe later, you know, we'll see what happens. And kind of got the same, yeah, idea about this whole thing. But I'm getting off topic here because what I really, really want to get to is this final little note on Cameron's email here um, that says, "I was wondering why you guys don't like Rainex." Personally, I love the stuff uh, to the point that when driving other people's cars for extended periods of, of time in the rain, I make the next stop to purchase and apply Rain-X to their car. Oh, I remember your so, email, Cameron. <laughs> so Cameron wrote in and wondering, because I've heard this from you in the past since the very beginning. I think yeah. we talked about Rain-X early on, and uh, I'm, I'm not terribly fond of it because I have had one bad experience with it, and I think it was operator error. I think I applied it incorrectly because now... I've watched some videos about how to properly apply this, and, and it comes down to like using steel wool to clean the surface, and yeah, microfiber cloths, and mm-hmm. how you apply it, and, it, and it's really very specific in how you do it. What's your beef with uh, with with the Rainex oh product, gosh. or pro- I should say, products like Rainex, because there's many of them out there. There are other, yeah, other mm-hmm. similar sort of water repellent things. So, so tell us, man, enlighten us uh, why you don't like Rainex. I know you're on the this spot. Is, this is fine. This is fine. You know, I try to keep it positive. I will be honest with you. Um, I despise Rain-X. I have no problem with the people who are involved in the company, and I think that if other people want to use it, that's fine. It's just not for me. Um, I have, perhaps part of it is that I've never been in a situation where I applied it. Whenever I was driving someone else's car that had Rain-X on it, mm-hmm. it was just a huge pain in the south side. I don't know how to say that, family-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a huge pain in the keister. Um, in my opinion, I would prefer windshield wipers. For instance, the um, one thing that got me is that if you're in very heavy traffic, it's also very heavy rainfall, Rain-X works better and Rain-X products work better when you when you have that speed mm-hmm. to help the water bead off of it. Understood. And I would be more fine with uh, with Rain-X if it um, if that problem wasn't as apparent to me. Yeah, because we do a lot of traffic. We got a lot of traffic. We have a lot of traffic, uh, so we, we're driving in slow slower speeds in city situations, and uh, and I find that during the daytime also. Uh, it's a little distracting because it makes it bead so well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it often breaks into tiny, tiny little um, droplets of water instead of just being maybe one larger droplet. I know it's supposed to bead up and, and roll off, but yeah. again, when you're parked, it doesn't work as well, does it? So no, I, right. I, I agree with you on that. Well, see, also, I do want to point out that objectively, yes, it's a brilliant product. Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Um it's at, just at not night, for me. I prefer windshield wipers. At night, you almost don't even really need your wiper. Now, I know you're supposed to use them in conjunction with Rain-X, but mm-hmm. um, at night, really, I've been driving at night with Rain-X on my, on my windshield, and I feel like I don't need my wipers at all. But then when you get into an area where there is light, you do see that there is water there. It's yeah. just, it, is, it is truly sheeting off of the glass and, and peeling away. It's, and, and again, I've watched some recent videos about how to apply it, and it comes uh-huh. down to you know using, like, Four aught steel wool and and, uh, and preparing the surface and then a microfiber cloth in a certain direction and then waiting the exact amount of time before you uh, reapply and then remove it and you know there's all kinds of different ways to do this but I think the people that I saw doing it were RV owners uh, who put a lot of miles oh, on cars yeah, yeah. and of course they have that big flat windshield mm-hmm. they need to get water off of quickly um, and I think it's very uh, it's got a, it's got it's got its applications. Well, yes, admittedly, it has multiple applications, and I'm not saying that I hate people who use Rain-X or make it. I am saying that I hate it on my car. It's 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 fine, but it's kind of like, um, you know how in, in the movies there would, be all, there would be those parents who would say, do whatever you want, mm-hmm. and you'll live here, but not in my house? Sure. Do whatever you want to your own cars. Not on my car. Though. Got it. Got and, uh, and maybe it's just because, again, every... Every place that I've been around, maybe people applied it incorrectly. I think that's probably likely. That um, might be why I got burned with because it. Because I've had some good experiences and some bad experiences with it and on the same vehicle. So it does matter how you apply the stuff and, and how it works. So Cameron, I mean, I know you like it a lot. 
Ben doesn't like it so much, but maybe I can get him to try it again. I'm kind of 50-50 about it. I haven't used it in a long time, but uh, but I sure have enjoyed making you sweat today, Ben. That <laughs> yeah, was fun. Can't, uh, if only I had some Rain-X to apply <laughs> to our studio. So I might that... use some of my glasses and then try to run really fast and see how that works. You should do that. Yeah. You should do that. Now, Cameron, of course, yeah, thank you for writing the email. Scott, uh, thank you for letting me get this off my chest about Rain-X. Um, I hope I didn't put you in a, in a No, it's position. totally fine. It's totally fine. I Because you guys... Um, have had this Rain-X intervention, I'll promise the following. I will check out a YouTube video about how best to apply Rain-X. And you know what, man? I'll try it. And then you're going to have to come back and apologize to us for the wrongs that you did when you told us about uh, you know, how you didn't, you didn't like Rain-X and you had a bad experience I with think it the word I used was despise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not a good idea. So in the meantime, while Scott and I are off on this uh, particular adventure, we hope you enjoyed our episode on nitrogen tires and whether or not that nitrogen service is right for you. Write in. Tell us what you think. We'd love to hear about it. You can find us on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. And our email address, as always, is carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.